0: And to me, the whole central focus of that show was this one quote, which is the choices you make will shape your life forever. And so um, I took that concept and actually with the help of Chaz Palmentieri, like built out this entire chapter around the concept of or clog, which is just meaning that everything you say, everything you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action you take, every choice you make, in those smallest moments of life is always working to create a deeper connection to what you want and desire or to drive a disconnection. And it's really that simple. If we can make more cleansing connected choices in our life, we will have a better life. So you can still be working towards your goals while you're letting your body process and let go of the traumatic things from the
1: past. That's Mary Shores and I'm Brian Felchuk, The Do-A-Day Podcast. What you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Faltruck. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast, where I try to bring to you stories, firsthand, shared firsthand from the people who have lived through them, gotten some major insight about how to move forward, and that insight could help you because maybe you're going through something, and that is exactly where today's guest comes in. Mary Shores is my guest today. She's been through a lot of hardship in life. Uh, She's going to get into all that, so I don't want to give things away, but it's um, if there are parents listening right now, It can be really gut-wrenching i mean look it's it's tough no matter what but i know for myself i kept putting myself either in the role she was in or thinking about my own child going through what she did as a child and then her own kids have gone through it's really powerful stuff but let me just give you the background on mary before we jump in so mary shores had this idea 20 years ago she's a successful entrepreneur with a multi-million dollar business today She's very heart-centered, and she's got a best-selling book called Conscious Communications. Her business, it's not a business you would naturally associate with being like people-focused or heart-focused or values-focused. It's debt collection, right? Who, Who would think of those things in that context? But it's precisely because she's taken that approach that she's been so successful, and she really looks at things in terms of how she can make someone's life better, which, again, you don't think of when you think of debt collection. All right, so we're, we're going to get into how that's even possible. Uh, suspend disbelief because she's done it. But here's the deal with Mary. She hit rock bottom after enduring the loss of her daughter as an infant. She also survived an unstable past filled with abandonment and just turmoil that honestly no child should go through, but she did. And through that process, both of those processes and more, she found herself with the strength to rebuild things. And that's where she founded her her business. But actually, she had a failed business before that. So it's not just like everything's been rosy. She's learned things the hard way throughout her life. And when I say learn things, like she's really learned. She's figured so much out. And that's what she works with now to try to inspire others around resiliency and gratitude and empowerment. And she uses that word empowerment really specifically. And we're gonna get into in the episode, it's, it's amazing. It's such a cool way to think about that word empowerment. Uh, it's not just like rah, rah, you can go do it or I'm gonna give you the means to do it. It's how you look a lot deeper at yourself. So with that, let's jump into the episode with Mary Shores. I promise you, you are gonna be moved. You're gonna be inspired. And hopefully you come away feeling empowerment in the way that Mary talks about it. Hey, Mary Shores, thank you for joining me today.
0: My pleasure. It's so exciting to be here with you.
1: So I, um, you and I have been swirling around, or at least you've been swirling around my world, the number of people who have mentioned your name to me and like, Mary would be such a perfect guest for your show. Um, and then I was, I was on a group, like a, a mastermind group call and three different people in the group all were like, oh yeah, you know, they were all chiming in. So it was just kind of, it had to happen. Um, so I'm very excited to bring you here. And I'm sure from the listener standpoint, my friends will not be wrong. You are definitely someone who should be here. So I'm very excited to have you on.
0: Well, I'm not sure if it was your intention to make my day, but you're <laughs> <laughs> hearing that. I mean, who wouldn't want to love to hear something like that? Thank you so much.
1: Well, cool. Um, all right, so I, I just want to jump right in. You have you have this really interesting mix of current worlds where you're like your hugely successful business. When people hear about what your writing is about and your leadership work, I don't know that they would necessarily assume that you're in collections. Like that's not the first thing that people go to, and so that's one thing I definitely want to dig into is how do how do these two sides come together for you? Because I know you go about it very differently, but what really sparked it for me was the backstory and the the process, the pain that you've been through personally. Because for people who don't know that side of you and just see this, you know, super successful businesswoman. Um, you have quite quite a backstory from a very early age that you've risen above and i just like i just want to jump right into that can you take us through you know i mean from an early age you've experienced quite a bit like What what's what is it that you got through to be here
0: yeah sure i would love to you know i think that i'm at a point in my life where it's time to really look at patterns and where do those patterns come from And I know that I think for a lot of time in my adult life, and I do mean like 20s, 30s, and now like midway through my 40s, seems to be driven by this um, fear of abandonment. And I think that abandonment just has um, been a continuous thing in my life because when I was really, really young... Um, I was abandoned the first time when I was three years old. My parents went through a divorce. My mother was um, pretty unstable mentally. And so for that reason, I was sent off to live with relatives. Now, this was not foster care. This was relatives. I was not in any danger. But psychologically and neurologically, there's some things that happen in your brain when you're separated from your parent. Because at three years old, your very survival depends upon those parental figures, yeah and, and you and were not just separated so it was
1: sorry I'm sorry for cutting you off I'm just it wasn't just like a it, it was a very traumatic kind of way to do it. I mean there was a lot going on around that with with the mental side of things so that's just to add to that even more like the instability of it
0: yeah, it's so true. I mean like for example, I was living in I was born in California in San Diego and I was sent to live with relatives in Illinois and I still live in Illinois now. Wow but you know that's a really drastic change totally and different these um I was myself and my sister my sister was I was 3 my sister was a newborn and actually I did go I did, I did eventually go back and live with my mother she had gotten remarried and and this uh stepfather I had was very stable and really was that rock of our family and so I'm so grateful to him and to all men who step up to be stepfathers because You know, I know that my life would have turned out very differently had it not been for him. But also when that transition happened and I came back with her, my my sister stayed in in the other home with my great great aunt and uncle. So I I kind of had this longing for this lost sibling that that um, never went away. I mean, even as adults, it's it's just not the same because we were separated for so many years. And, you know, it was just like this loss of this this huge relationship in my life. And then again, like when I when I was 16, my mom again became unstable mentally. She left her husband, my stepfather. She um went off with another guy. And basically I was just left on my own. So I was out of my own at 16. I had no money. I had no guidance. I was literally like a juvenile trying to make it in an adult world. I was still in high school at the time I was a senior. I managed to graduate. Okay. And I guess, you know, you would call it couch surfing in today's world. Like I didn't really feel like I was homeless, but you know, I was like living with a friend.
1: So were you not, you didn't stay with your stepfather? No. Oh, okay.
0: No. And he was, he, you know, I, I have to be honest. Like at this time, the, the age that I was, I think I looked at it as an excitement of freedom. Like I was not, I was not devastated by this at the time, yeah. you know, because, because like when you're a teenager, you don't really know what you don't know. And, and you have like this <laughs> yep. little bit of invincibility Yeah. and I don't know, like, it, it was kind of like, you know, when you're a teenager and if your parents go out of town It's like party time. It's party time, Woody. That's kind of how I felt. (laughs) Yeah. um, Until I eventually, uh, so I was like living with a friend who became a boyfriend. And I, soon after graduation, I got pregnant. And this is really where a lot of the devastation begins. I mean, those things that I said already, those are those are bad psychologically, but maybe not to the level of actual trauma. Yeah. So I got pregnant and I had a daughter, her name was Haley, and she was born with profound, severe brain damage. Now this was from lack of oxygen to the brain for over five minutes during labor. So there was nothing wrong with her. She was full term. Um, otherwise would have been a perfectly healthy child, but this brain damage was not something she was ever going to recover from. So she was blind. She was deaf. She um, was unable to suck or swallow. So she had a a gastronomy tube surgically inserted into her belly. She was on full life support initially and eventually weaned off of that Like as a newborn. So she was kept alive by, you know, a machine beating her heart and also doing her breathing. And, um, so as she had surgeries and medical teams doing everything that they could to keep her surviving, um, I was recovering from this C-section that was an emergency C-section. They later told me they were doing this actually to save my life. At this point, they didn't expect her to survive, but they were trying to save my life at the time. And for the next year and a half, because she passed away at 18 months old from her brain injury, but for that year and a half, I literally lived in and out of the children's hospitals. So uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, there's a really amazing children's hospital called Riley's. And I, along with my boyfriend at the time, we would sleep on the emergency room floor. We had nothing. And, you know, I I look back upon those times with a lot of great compassion for myself, because it's almost like I'm looking at this young girl trying to to manage this set of just absolutely devastating circumstances. And there was just no hope there was there was no hope and and not only that but to be in an environment at 19 years old and 20 years old where there's just death and dying all around me. Yeah. I mean like cancer unit, burn unit, car accidents coming in, you know, you just you see things that you can never ever in your life unsee. Yeah. And that's where trauma is created at least for me. And like I think of trauma as this very interesting um phenomenon that I'm starting to understand more and more, like how our bodies are like libraries, and they store everything that has ever happened to us. And um, if we don't know how to process through those things, they can get stuck in our in our body and manifest into patterns, illnesses, disease, you know, uh, PTSD, like so being hyper vigilant about things all the time. And um, I'm really, very focused now on, on releasing all of that early trauma, that there's a flip side to this, which is probably what has made me such a resilient person. And I don't say that to toot my own horn. It's just that I've been through enough devastation that you, you go through these things, you, you build yourself back up and that builds this level of resilience or bounce back factor, so to speak. It's like this muscle that continually gets
1: built. Yeah. It's I mean I'm 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 a little bit speechless obviously you know it's such an extreme story and I'm just trying to picture you're you're still a child I mean you know maybe child's too young of a word but um you you're 19 when this all went down right? So you're still yeah i
0: mean it's a challenge i think that even just to be a parent at 19 yeah. years old it's it's not impossible but it's certainly challenging right you know you're probably yeah. less likely to get a college degree um more likely to be in poverty things like that but to be 19 and have this um child that is in pretty much a vegetative state and to not understand, like I didn't have the maturity or the intellectual capacity at the time to even understand what was happening. I mean, the medications alone that I was administering to her on a daily basis, we're talking about phenobarbital morphine. um, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Like in these little tiny, tiny syringes, she would get like 0.04 of a milligram Yeah. and you can't, give a child enough pain medication to kill the pain without killing her. I mean, it was just life and death every single day.
1: Yeah. And you're doing all this, as you are saying, it's not a setting, you know, in the hospital where, I mean, you're in like the most extreme parts of the hospital doing this. So you're surrounded by, you know, as, as I look at, at your writing work, a lot of like the framing around us and the, um, the tone of what's around us, has an impact. And so you're, you're not just living this trauma directly yourself, but you're surrounded by extreme trauma all around you. And just that whole setting is, I'm I'm floored by it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I think that I had blocked a lot of it out and it's, it's, um, especially like writing the book, you have, you revisit a lot of those things. Yeah. And when you write that, that were very important and, and I can see too, like, because I think this is where right here is a moment that people get really fascinated with my story because like after she passed away, you know, there was, to- there was, there was a while there that i had hit rock bottom, you know, like my life was just a complete mess at 20 yeah. years old at 21. A lot of my other friends, they're starting to graduate college. They're having these like amazing opportunities. And, you know, here I am like, um, because after she passed away, I felt like I regressed a little bit, like, um but was really disempowered because i just felt like i could never i felt like i had this dent or this damage to my life i felt like i was a failure and that i was never going to amount to The way amount to anything of a success like the way that I felt like my friends were because they were they were college educated. I was not. So I got this like wild and crazy idea to start this business. And it's just so interesting because like, I could have become a statistic. Yeah, you know, and I didn't – I like to be very clear to people that my success journey, my journey through life has really been like a roller coaster. And for a lot of it, it's been uncomfortable. But I've always – I supposed had that momentum, that like personal motion forward through all things that, that kept me going to the next, the next, the next, but it wasn't from this deep place of empowerment. If anything, it was, I felt like a failure. I felt like I'm not going to be, I'm just going to have like an hourly job. Who's going to take a chance on me. And then I saw this opportunity to start a business. And I absolutely jumped like both feet for, first. I'm, didn't did didn't think, just did it.
1: it. I'm so, so I'm so torn by this because like, I do see in your whole story, you know, like when you talked about when you were 16 and, and your mother left and you're like couch surfing, and then this situation that you come out of and you see an opportunity to start a business and you jump and you say, it's not from a place of empowerment. And I get that, but I'm like, that's also Like, you're seeing in both of those very extreme situations, and especially if I go back to your mother, like, she left when you were really little and probably didn't, you know, couldn't really understand what was going on, but it leaves a mark. It leaves a book in the library, like you're saying. And then it happens again, which is like your whole lizard brain, I'm trying to protect you kind of response is just vindicated and validated. So it's teaching you, like you should be hyper vigilant. You shouldn't trust people. Things aren't going to be okay. And yet, you saw the flip side. And same thing with this business. What th- that to me is a very optimistic kind of view. Like you see possibility in things. Do, did you feel that at the time? How, what's your take on why you're able to see those possibilities?
0: You know, it's only looking back now and studying a lot of the titans throughout history to understand. You know, if you look at say, Vanderbilt or Rockefeller, there's a really amazing series on the History Channel. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like the men who made America great or the men who built America. They didn't come from these well-educated, well-to-do past. Like A lot of them were immigrants coming here, six years old, eight years old, living on the streets. And there is this, like I was saying, this immense well of resilience that builds up within you. So and also, you know, I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, but I think too, we come in with like a certain set of skills, like a certain skill set or a certain personality, mm. because even, even while all these things that, you know, I had a happy childhood, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to paint a childhood of like devastating abuse or anything like that. I mean, I, I felt like. I felt like one of the gifts, the biggest gifts that my mother gave me, even throughout all of this abandonment, is that if I compare the childhood that she provided me compared to what she had herself, my mother was in an orphanage by the time she was like seven. All of her siblings, her, her mother was diagnosed schizophrenic, was put into an institution. All the siblings were scattered amongst relatives, uh, foster care, like that was bad. You know, really bad, and I feel like the biggest gift that my mother gave me was she, even though she may not have had the skill set to do that herself, she did bring a stable adult into the situation who was my stepfather Alex, who really was that rock. And so when you know, I have like this one side of my life that there's these these kind of like not kind of that were really wrong and in bad circumstances and create that like mistrust and that fear of abandonment and those things. But I also had this stepfather who was showing me at the same time, stability, right? Expectations, standards, um, you know, very stable household for about 10 years of my life. So not the entire childhood, but for that 10 years from about six to 15, 16. And, um, I was always like an ambitious child. So when I was a little girl and all of the other kids wanted to play house, I wanted to play bank. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, like I got kicked out of school because I had a store in the school and it was a Lutheran school. They they were not down with Mary's little shopping mart in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there was all this, always this like flair of that's who I was. There's something, that's who I was meant to be.
1: Mm. That's playing bank though. That's hilarious.
0: It was very funny. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to laugh having... at
1: you, but that is, that is <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, I had all my fake money. I mean, this was '80s, so I had to draw the money on copy paper. You know, I didn't have like you couldn't just print it out from a computer. Yeah. I literally drew it by hand and cut it all up myself. And then all the kids that and in my garage, I had those garage sale tables mm-hmm. and um, kept a, kept a hold of all of their accounts. And they would come through the drive-through like on their tricycles and big wheels <laughs> and things and. It was a whole neighborhood. I had the whole neighborhood on lockdown with my bank. Oh, my
1: God. This is awesome. <laughs> this is not... Yeah, I wasn't expecting us to go there, but that that's a great story. Thank you. Um, all right. I've, I'm totally lost, but at the same time, it, it was a good bit of levity for a minute because um, obviously we're talking about some really heavy stuff. Um, Take me to, to this, this leap when you're in your early 20s with the business. So how did that all come about? And... I mean cuz you you got to success very quickly it seems or at least you know as i read your bio and stuff it it sounds like this actually happened really fast that it did come together and and was hugely successful.
0: You know, i in the begin in the early days it wasn't like it was an overnight success or anything but i believe that what's really important is I got this offer. You know, I wanted to be a businesswoman. I got this opportunity in the collection business again because of some drama in my family, um, family business going down the tubes really, really quickly. I had reached out to some clients and I said, "Hey, you know, what do you think about giving me a chance to to have some of these accounts?" And there was a really uphill battle even just to get the the proper licensing to do this. So I, I had some obstacles in my way, but I overcame all of them. And right away in the collections business, you know, it, it's not like you grow up as a child and think, I'm going to grow up and be a debt collector. That's my passion in life. Right. No, my passion was to be a businesswoman. That was my big dream. And so when I got this opportunity, I definitely le- leaped both feet forward. And I think that there's a big lesson that anyone can learn here is because like we're living in this time where it's all about purpose and following your passions and all of these things, but sometimes it doesn't look like the cookie cutter thing you think it's going to look like, you know, sometimes you're following that inner guidance at the opportunities you get and believe it or not, there are are ways you can make almost any opportunity into your purpose and your passion. And so for me, like I started out right away and I wanted to be different. I recognized that there was a negative stigma in the collection business. I mean, if I told somebody I'm CEO of a collection agency, they cringe. I mean, can you imagine me being at a dinner party? It's like, don't call me. That was the first response I always get. Don't call me Guido. Yeah. (laughs) And and they
1: probably, they just picture the reality TV shows and yeah. I mean, it's not, it, well, it's I mean, not what this, I would think of with you.
0: This predated reality TV shows, okay. but actually I do think that there has been a pitch for a reality TV show of a collection agency. So like the thing is, I wanted to be different and I set myself up to try to take a sales approach to debt collections because I thought, Oh, isn't this brilliant that I will sell them on all the benefits of paying their debt. And I have to tell you, it like failed miserably. Like, <sighs> Epic failure. And people might think, well, I'm surprised that that failed. But see, I'm also this like neuroscience geek. And what I know about neuroscience is we're wired for negativity bias, which just means we're going to have a stronger reaction to negative stimuli than we do to positive stimuli. So it hurts us more to lose $20 than it feels good to find $20. So that's the simplistic approach, and so all my competition, which was the other debt collectors, they were using these uh, fear and intimidation tactics to collect money, and so they were beating me out every time. And I think that the more important thing, even over that, is that the sales approach did not it did not address the real issue, which is the shame and the unworthiness that people feel just by having a debt. Having a debt is a psychological burden and it's a burden that gets in between people. It literally builds a brick wall between you and having what you want in life. Yeah, And it all boils down to one thing and it's unworthiness. And so once I really figured that out, I had my biggest aha moment in life when one day I looked at the phone and I said, I want the next person who calls to be happier at the end of the call than they were at the beginning. And that is the moment that the entire rest of my life changed. Like I can boil it down to that single moment in time. And I didn't know how I was going to do that, but I changed my goal, told all my staff. I said, you are no longer trying to get the money. You're trying to make the person feel good. You're trying to make the person happy about the fact that they're even wanting to pay their debt instead of feeling bad for having a debt in the first place. Yeah. And that works.
1: That it's just not a context where I think anyone would consider that being possible. But it's probably cuz no one goes into it with that goal. So it's just a totally different way of looking at it and what you're showing is it actually is Like when you reframe it, it's possible. And that's kind of the basis of so much of your writing and and your speaking work.
0: It is. And it's, and it is, it is the key to that paradigm between the two worlds, like collection agency owner, you know, and then personal development author, because what I started to understand as everyone was taking my workshops and learning my communication strategy and all of these things, that there was this deeper thing that happened, that it wasn't just changing their business. It wasn't just changing the way they did customer service. It was changing literally their lives Mm. because, it, it, because there's something about going through this work that that rewires your subconscious, and and as you rewire your subconscious, see you begin to perceive the world differently, and that's the true magic. You know, Mer- one of my favorite quotes is Marianne Williamson, who says, "A miracle is but a shift in perception."
1: Wow. Oh. So. I want to get into the specifics of your current message, but I keep all I can think about is and we we talked about this before we started recording, like that it, there are lots of experts out there who have a very valuable message to share. There's a whole other slew of them like yourself who have a valuable message to share because they've been through it themselves. And so you're not just, you know, you didn't just come up with this idea, you've actually lived it firsthand because it, you know, anyone who's heard the first half of this interview, gets that like you're not coming from this area with perfectly green grass and you know there's no issues whatsoever you've lived through things that could have framed you for a really terrible life um and so you've gotten to see firsthand actually the opposite is totally possible but you have to do that consciously
0: yeah it's it's so true and i've i've been fortunate in my life where i think mm, early thirties, I really started to take the deep dive into personal development. And that's allowed me to deconstruct or re- reverse engineer the moments in my life that made me become who I am or built me into who I am. And that is exactly what I can share with other people, like through my book, conscious communications through, through my workshops. It's like teaching people that the way, the way th- to get, to who you really want to be, who you were really meant to be, who you desire to be, who you already are inside, but you never let that person out. You have to go through um, certain lessons, certain coaching exercises, certain like ways to allow that to unfold um, because we're conditioned to do the opposite. We're conditioned to have a track and a plan and follow follow almost module by module, like growing up in the eighties, it was all about for, for a girl, you know, it's like, Oh, grow up, graduate, go to college, find the guy, get married, buy the house, have the two kids, get the career, get the mortgage, have your breakdown, go through your divorce, (laughs) start all over. And, and that's kind of the trajectory, right? But I didn't, I kind of had that taken away from me and in a lot of ways, and there's more to it because I also, you know, I, I have a family now, my oldest son who's 18, he's on the autism spectrum. And let me tell you something. Our human behavior is so governed by our belief systems that have been built up from our entire lives um, by outside influences of our family our our environment our communities our culture you know all, all of these things serve to create certain belief systems and we are driven our patterns are come largely from these belief systems but when you have had a life like what i've had and especially you know not just with my daughter with the brain damage but also on top of that to have another child to be like one of the happiest moments of my life was having this going through labor and delivery with my son and having him have a perfect APGAR score, you know, a nine and a 10 APGAR score. And it was like, thank God he's healthy, you know, but then to later on receive a diagnosis of autism, it was absolutely devastating. And, uh, and right back into that denial of, of but put me back into a, a situation of caregiver but also served so much to break down every belief system that I've ever had or developed because having a child on the spectrum is like trying to raise a child where there is absolutely no rule book and in fact you try to apply the rules of like say quote unquote normal parenting and it will just backfire all over the place or at least that's been my experience with with my own child um And going through that kind of like lonely world of not knowing how to, to navigate this. And, but in doing so, it's almost like it just created in my neural pathways and structured this just like powerful ability to figure things out.
1: Yeah. So give me some more flavor of, of conscious communication and and your work more broadly today, because that. You know, it's not to gloss over any of what you're achieving on the business side, or you know, you just added another—I um, don't want to say trauma, but difficult journey to the mix. I'm not trying to move past that, but I—I I do want to understand how is it that you've gotten yourself through all these things, and and that other people can take away.
0: Well, a few things, um, and I've got all of this in the book. It's like you. You have to understand how to value yourself as a person. And even if you don't, or for me, like, even though I didn't fit that perfect mold of what I envisioned, you know, that person who's married with the two kids and the house and the career and the vacations in Florida every year and all of that stuff, but like, understanding what my value is. We all have value to this world we all have a set of of gifts and abilities and the more that we tap into our own unique special skills gifts and talents that zone of genius if you will the more that you are stepping into that greatness the more great you will become and you know practicing um Every day, even if you can, like how to step into that. And um, there's so much more to it, like especially uh, gratitude. You know, it's a simple thing and I know everyone talks about it. But to understand gratitude from a neuroscientific perspective, it's like when you take the time to be grateful every single day, what you're doing is you're building um, pathways in your in your mind, in your subconscious that help you see the world as a place to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, it, it really works. And when I have been in my darkest times, when I have been where I thought I was never ever going to recover, and I mean like bad, bad, deep holes in in my life, uh, I can tell you that gratitude was one of the very foundational things that would would lift me up. and then i I also want to make this point, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but no, uh, your your question was just so inspiring to me because it gives me a chance to share with the audience some, some real universal truths that I have discovered along my journey. And it's such a like we're living in a time where it's all about empowerment. You know, we're living in a time where we really do believe and understand that infinite possibilities are available to all of us. I mean, that's what we believe in. That's what gets us up every day. And um, the thing is, though, that a lot of times we get confused with this infinite possibilities, meaning that we're going to reach our highest potential. But that's not what it means, because the infinite possibilities means that anything at all can happen. All right, and that means the bad stuff too, not just the good stuff. But what happens to us is controlled by like our own mental state, our own mindset. And like we're always talking about empowerment these days. It's such a buzzword, but like sometimes with a buzzword, what's the meat behind it? What's the meaning? And so for me, when I think about empowerment, I think about this this um drive, this internal confidence that from the inside out You know where you're going, you know what you're doing, you know the next steps, and you feel amazing about it. And so I have learned, like, I've learned that something that you can do all the time is just check in with yourself and say, how well do I feel right now from a scale of 1 to 20? And if that number is good, like let's say that number is like a 14, 15, 16, 17, that's an empowered state of being. And see, everything that you create from a feeling of empowerment is going to show up in your life stronger, faster, better. It's going to be longer lasting. And most importantly, it's going to have a greater impact for yourself and for the world. And see... We can't really talk about empowerment though without talking about the flip side because one of the things that happens like especially now in our world is we're getting into this like positive psychology mindset all the time.
1: Mm.
0: But it's not reasonable to stay there. We 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 are human beings that are built with a set of emotions and we have a neurochemistry that allows us to feel this I- entire spectrum of emotions. We are, we are not meant to be happy 100% of the time. But there's some information out there that makes us feel like we're supposed to be. And what happens is if you get into that happy, happy, happy all the time, and by the way, I'm not against happiness, But you have to learn how to process your emotions when the shit hits the fan because it's going to, yeah, right. Yeah. And you can't just trick yourself into being happy anyway. Like happiness is if happiness was a choice, wouldn't we all be happy all the time? Like, Who's going to wake up and be like, I don't choose to be happy today, but there's some reason you're not feeling happy. And if you can go through those difficult times, you know, look for those. Um, I always say, like, when I'm in that deep, dark hole, I, I look for the flashlight so I can see what's going on. And you could do that as simply as making a list of all of your problems. Yeah. And this is so important because let's say you ask yourself that question, how well do I feel today? And the number is, say, a seven. And I had this, I had a seven not too long ago. And what I noticed was I look around in my world and everything in my outer world was also a seven. You know, there's some stress going on. There's some chaos because everything you try to force yourself to manifest or create when you're in this place of say disempowerment is going to, be chaotic, it's going to be stressful. It's not going to work out the way that you want it to. Yeah. It's going to, it's almost like it causes more problems than it was even worth. We all have had these these times in our life. So you don't want so what you want to do in those moments is learn about self-care. And self-care is another one of these buzzwords. It's gotten really big, but what does it really mean? And so I like to think it means taking space for yourself. That's it. Just take some space for yourself because it won't be very long until that seven turns into that fourteen. You'll climb that frequency scale of emotions if you allow yourself to process what's going on. If you don't, then you're just going to repress what's going on.
1: There's so much. <laughs> there's so much to jump into in that. The, one of the the first things I was going to say is you know there's millions of copies of books with titles that like you've just said what it isn't and those that like choose to be happy is an amazing optimism book um you know the happiness advantage like there's all these books on like you can be happy all the time and for anyone who who hasn't read them they may be thinking like oh you, you know you're being pessimistic about it but actually if you read the books it's not denying the fact that we're not always happy you, what you're saying is embrace it respect it and learn from it reflect on it grow and recognize whether you know, is it about perception? Is this about everything that you're experiencing? And what can you change about that situation, that experience so that you bring yourself out of there? But it's not just like, no, I'm fine. You don't just blow it off. That's not how you become happy.
0: Yeah. You know, I did that for years, by the way.
1: So many people do. And and I I feel like there's a lot of simplistic advice out there that's just like, just change your attitude. It's like, well, yes, but there's so much to actually changing your attitude versus just pretending it's changed.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I did that and I was actually quite successful at it. I I was quite successful at living this facade of, um, I didn't know at the time that it wasn't real joy. Um, but I definitely could become, uh, very addicted to the feeling of success, the feeling of the wins and, just allowing sort of the past to be rewritten in the past and to stay there. And I've got a yeah. whole chapter in my book about how to rewrite your story in like healthy ways, how to how to tap into those triumphant moments of your life more than the tragic parts, you know, that because that's a much healthier way to do things. But what happened eventually is life becomes like if you're in the swi- swimming pool and all of those dark shadows from your past are like these beach balls. And, you know, if you're trying to hold a beach ball under the water, maybe you could hold one. Yeah. But let's say you're trying to balance holding all of these beach balls under the water. They're eventually going to slip up. Yeah. And and you know, you keep trying to get them down. I know like especially when I started to do lots and lots of yoga, I would feel those basically like those dark shadows of emotions bubbling up through my body, because like I said, they are stuck in your body. There's that old saying, which I love, the issues are in the tissues. I would feel them kind of bubbling up like little champagne bubbles coming up to the surface and like working through them and and letting them pop. But you can, you know, it's not like you have to have a total breakdown in life. Uh, I, I think that one of the things that, and when I say have to, I really want to be very careful because i think that there are so many personal development strategies and i honestly think they all work like the best one for you is the one that you'll commit to the one that you'll do it every day and that you'll just give it a chance to unfold i think they all work and i think they're all brilliant and for me i always like to keep things really really simple and so i always played to this idea that it's all about choice one of my favorite movies is a bronx tale
1: mm-hmm. it's a great movie. The-
0: it's so great, and I got a chance to um, meet with the writer, Chaz Palmentieri, who's also the star of the show, Yeah, and to me, the whole central focus of that show was this one quote, which is, the choices you make will shape your life forever, and so um, I took that concept, and actually, with the help of Chaz Palmentieri, like, Built out this entire chapter around the concept of cleanse or clog, which is just meaning that everything you say, everything you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action you take, every choice you make in those smallest moments of life is always working to create a deeper connection to what you want and desire or to drive a disconnection. And it's really that simple. If we can make more cleansing connected choices in our life, we will have a better life. So you can still be working towards your goals while you're letting your body process and let go of the traumatic things from the past. Are
1: you you're gonna give me that quote again. The choices you make...
0: The choices you make will shape your life forever.
1: I love that. Um, and now the only thing I can think about is reaching over and unlocking the car and opening the door. And that's a sign that like, you've got a good one. My wife and I, like I, I try to do that whenever she's walking towards a car. Cause she loves that movie. And I'm like, this is how I'm going to prove to her that I really do love her. And I'm not a bad person. Um, that's an awesome movie. Such a great movie. Um, All right, this is uh, Mary. This is incredible. Like not, not just the lessons that you're talking about, but thinking about your backstory and what you've been through to come to those lessons, and that just, for me, it solidifies even more. A few things: one, that there's hope. Two, that um, even in the darkest of moments, or when some people may feel like there's nothing more that can go on. Um, you do still have, ultimately, you have a choice. It takes work, it takes reflection, it takes recognition. Um, and it takes something I talk about a lot is self-love. And you, know, you you talk about it a little bit differently, but it's the same sort of idea that seeing possibility in ourselves, having compassion for ourselves, seeing the gratitude in the situation, um, you can still come through these things. And I love, I love just how um, genuine your message is because it comes from that place. So I, I'm really... Excited and appreciative to have had you on today.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Where, um, we got to do the plug thing. Where, where can people find you and find out more? Cause I know everyone's like, I have to get this book. I have to understand more about how I can bring this into my world.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you asking. So I'm really easy to find on, um, social media. It's basically Mary shores. I mean, sometimes there's an underscore, I don't. I don't. You know, we've got. We've sent you all the links, but basically, oh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is one of my very favorite. Um, just Mary Shores, S H O R E S. course, I have a website, maryshores.com. And I always like my big ask on every show is just that if you have resonated with what I'm talking about in any way, please just go on Amazon or wherever you like to buy books, check out the book, Conscious Communications, and read the description, a handful of reviews, you will know absolutely right away whether the book is for you or not. The book has been equally loved by both men and women. And, um, yeah, it's, it's doing really well. So would love the support in that way on Facebook. I also have a Facebook group that I interact with on a daily basis. It's called fearless ambition. So happy to have you there as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great, I love the name of that group. Um, I will say just what I've seen in the book, it's, it's hard to imagine someone who wouldn't be able to grow from it. So it's definitely, um, and the way that you talk through it. It's very accessible, which is really crucial. Um, so I'm I'm excited to keep reading it myself. I'm a, a little bit of the way in. I've got some more to go. Um, and you you wouldn't know this, I don't think you would, but this is the first episode I'm recording since I took a huge leap and left my day job. And uh, it's it's very it's resonating for me a lot, just where I'm at, and you know, seeing that possibility um, understanding what brought me here, where I can go with it and what it's going to take for me to, um, you know, to make sure that it's successful and seeing, as you say, like the infinite possibilities and, and how I can, um, how I can make this next step, what it actually could be. You know, it's, it's on my shoulders and that's, that's not a scary thing. That's actually a really exciting thing, but it's all about how you look at it.
0: That's so true. I'm so happy and excited for you.
1: So am I. Um, and hopefully when this comes out, it's uh, it's all, you know, the journey's done and I've been super successful and there's no issue with that. Um, so I'm excited because now I get to put in the work full time, which is going to be great. Um, all right, Mary, thank you so much for joining me. It means the world to have had you on and I, I just love your message. Um, it's really valuable stuff that I truly believe anybody can benefit from. Are you, uh, you cool helping me close things out?
0: Absolutely.
1: Today is a new day.
0: Let's go out and do it.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Mary.
0: Thank you, Brian.
1: Now that you've heard it, do you get what I was saying in the intro about what she's been through and how putting yourself in that situation? I think you get how gut-wrenching it is, how difficult it is. Yet she's come through and she made the point of learning through it and growing through it. And that, I'm sure, is why she's been so successful but take those learnings, right? Whether you've been through what she's been through or not, you can still have the insights that she's gained. And the one that stuck with me, like, look, there's there's a lot of value in what she talks about in conscious communications, and and in this episode, um, you know, talking about gratitude and about the the uh, the way that we feel unworthy. But it's for me, it was that word empowerment and how she uses it specifically um around this idea that it's it's this internal sense of feeling good. I love that. It's it's almost like empowerment has this very charged up powerful, like it's got the word power in it, right? This powerful notion to it, but it's almost like an inner calm. That to me is is kind of the essence of what she's saying. And maybe maybe I've got it wrong, maybe I haven't. But it's it's like feeling uh that inner peace, that sense that you're good enough allows you to do so much cuz you're not working against yourself. It doesn't mean you have to be like super charged up and cheering for yourself and you know, like bigging yourself up constantly. It's just about like feeling like you're enough, like you're good enough. And that totally leads into this idea that like you don't have to be happy all the time. That's totally okay, but you do need to care for yourself and you do need to allow for what your needs are. That, you know, she got into the whole idea of self-care and not judging yourself for feeling one way or another or ignoring or diminishing those feelings really really important stuff i'm so glad that we were able to have mary on i think you know this this book conscious communication it's something people should think about getting a copy of if you haven't already You can get everything in the links that Mary shared at uh, maryshores.com, of course, and I will put all of those links in the show notes, including direct link to the book to make it nice and easy for everyone. Um, But do check it out and check out more about Do A Day. Obviously, you can check out the book and that will give you everything, like the whole deal behind Do A Day. I think you're getting a lot from these episodes too. If you subscribe to the show, you will get all of them and have access to all of them and can take the lessons that Not just I talk about, because I'm, I'm alone on a couple of the episodes sharing my thoughts, but what my guests share. And that just creates this really rich sense of how to help yourself do better every day for what you really care about. So take the time, subscribe, go to doadaybook.com, check out the other episodes, check out the book. Uh, if you go to brianfalchuk.com, you can check out whatever I've written about, lots of articles to help you change your life for the better on a regular basis because this is something we get to do for the rest of our lives. And that's a good thing. So thank you for joining me yet again. It means the world to me. I hope this is inspiring stuff and helping you in your journey. And remember, today's a new day. You better go out and do it. Have a great one.